Welcome to Words to Live By, a podcast series hosted by the Ronald Reagan Presidential Foundation and Institute. Each week, we will share some of the wit and wisdom of Ronald Reagan. In essence, Words to Live By, made up of radio addresses and speeches he delivered from the 1960s through the 1980s. Today's subject, the president's diplomatic efforts with China in 1984, and yes, In those years, there were positive diplomatic efforts. In fact, the administration developed a relationship with Zhang, who was a reformer in office from 1980 to 1987. Shortly after George Shultz became Secretary of State, he completed an initiative with Zhang in August 1982. And in that initiative, uh, an arrangement was made for acceptance of a joint U.S.-China communique that limited U.S. arms sales to Taiwan in exchange for a pledge by the Chinese government to strive for peaceful unification of the motherland. While many criticized Reagan for supporting this, knowing of his staunch support for Taiwan, it was a sign of reciprocity. You know, he believed in reaching across the aisle. Ultimately, Zhang lost power because he criticized the government's handling of the Tiananmen Square protest. He empathized with the students. He believed China should become a liberal democracy and, of course, was placed on house arrest until his death in 2005. How different things might have been if he had stayed in power. So let's get started by listening to an excerpt from the president's welcoming remarks. Yeah? There was light in the Chinese tunnel then. After this excerpt, we'll move on to other significant remarks from this important summit. Let's listen. For a decade, relations between the United States and the People's Republic of China have been building. Today, we know it is within our grasp to reap enormous rewards from the courage and foresight of those who opened the doors of Chinese-American friendship. One of your predecessors, Premier Zhou Enlai said in the early stages of our new relationship, China places high hopes on the American people. Well, it is up to us on both sides of the Pacific to see to it that those high hopes become reality. For our part, we recognize the differences between our two countries, but we stand ready to nurture, develop, and build upon the many areas of accord to strengthen the ties between us. China is now embarked on an exciting experiment designed to modernize the economy and quadruple the value of its national economic output by the year 2000. Premier Zhao, you eloquently described a key to achieving that end when you said that progress, and I quote, lies in our efforts to emancipate our thinking in a bold way, to carry out reform with determination, to make new inventions with courage, and to break with the economic molds and conventions of all descriptions which fetter the development of productive force. These are words of vision. Our people understand and appreciate such vitality. We welcome the opportunity to walk at China's side in this endeavor. Fascinating, isn't it? Chinese Premier Zhao Zheng represented a new kind of Chinese leader who as the Washington Post described him, who was tough, competent, and has built his reputation on getting things done. 
At home, meanwhile, China was enjoying an unusual period of political stability and economic growth overseen by its vigorous premier. At 64 years old, Zhao was the consummate technocrat who gained power chiefly by dint of good work, known as an innovative economist, tough administrator, and well-versed foreign policymaker. He best represented the scientific socialists running post-Mao China. He actually shed the dour Mao uniform for a Western coat and tie while touring Japan in 1972, and he was the first Chinese official ever seen publicly in such dress. But he is said, above all, to be a man of substance who, according to a Western diplomat, has made himself so technically competent that his authority cannot be challenged. So, let's hear a brief excerpt from the Chinese leader. Mr. Premier, you have an active week ahead of you, and I look forward to getting to know you better. We're pleased that you'll have the opportunity to see something of our land and our people beyond Washington. And we're happy that our people will have the opportunity to meet you and let you know that you are indeed among friends. Premier Zhao, welcome to the United States. Mr. President and Mrs. Reagan, ladies and gentlemen, at the beginning of the new year, I have brought the American people the cordial greetings and good wishes of the one billion Chinese people. I would like to thank President Reagan for his kind invitation, which has offered me this opportunity to visit your great country. As a friendly envoy of the Chinese people, I have come to visit your country for the purpose of seeking increased mutual understanding, stabilizing the relations between our two countries, enhancing Sino-US friendship, and helping to preserve world peace. I believe this is not only the common aspiration of the Chinese and American peoples, but also the expectation of the people of the world. This year marks the 200th anniversary of the long sail to China by the American merchant ship, Empress of China. That historic voyage started contacts between China and the United States. The history of Sino-US relations over the past two centuries has witnessed both periods of friendly coexistence and exchanges and of confrontation and conflict. However, the seas of friendship have always existed among the Chinese and American peoples. This traditional friendship between our two peoples and the political foresight of the leaders of the two countries helped to put an end to a long period of estrangement and confrontation between our two countries and to bring about the normalization of our relations. Since the establishment of diplomatic relations, the relations between China and the United States have, in the aggregate, made considerable progress. The friendly exchanges between our two peoples have greatly increased 
and their mutual understanding further deepened. Our exchanges and cooperation in the political, economic, cultural, scientific, technological, and other fields have markedly expanded. But it should be conceded that the growth of the Sino-US relations is far below the level it should have attained. There have been ups and downs in the course of development, and there still exist difficulties and obstacles. China has always attached importance to its relations with the United States and hopes to see their growth. U.S. government leaders have also indicated on more than one occasion that they value Sino-U.S. relations and wish to see their development on a durable and stable basis. I believe there is such a possibility. In order to turn the possibility into reality, it is necessary for both sides to show mutual respect and for each other to take into account the national interests of the other side as well as its own country in handling the problems before them. So long as both China and the United States strictly abide by the principles as confirmed by both sides in the joint communiques, perform the obligations each undertook, it is possible for Sino-US relations to leave behind jolts and uncertainties and embark on a smooth path. More about this important meeting and more information on the joint science and technology agreement that was signed right after this brief message. The Ronald Reagan Presidential Foundation is the nonprofit organization created by President Reagan himself and specifically charged by him with continuing his legacy and sharing his principles, individual liberty, economic opportunity, global democracy, and national pride. We must remain vigilant and work together to share these conservative principles with younger generations. Your role is critical to move our mission forward Thank you for your continued support. Please visit reaganfoundation.org slash give. That's reaganfoundation.org slash give. Now, back to the story. Okay, so now a little substance. <laughs> yes, the welcoming remarks are always a bit fluffy, a little optimistic, but nevertheless a good sign of the possible direction of diplomatic relations. Remember, President Reagan was a guy who reached across the aisle, who was criticized by many conservatives for even meeting with Gorbachev, for example. Bottom line, the president felt that face-to-face -face diplomacy was the ultimate in his quest to promote democracy and world peace. Peace through strength, of course. So let's get to the substance of the meeting, the signing of an historic agreement on science and technology and another on industry and science. Let's listen. Good morning. Thank you for joining us. We've been delighted with all that's been accomplished as a result of Premier Zhao's visit. His trip has solidified the goodwill between us, and this morning we will sign two agreements that represent measurable steps forward in the relations between our countries. In China, 
The difference in time zones makes it almost tomorrow. Today, we signed two agreements aimed at making China's tomorrow, uh, as well as our own, a better day. The first is an extension of our agreement on cooperation in science and technology. Cooperation between our two countries in the area of science and technology not only contributes to the scope of human knowledge and to China's own modernization, it also cements the ties between our governments and our peoples. The Joint Science and Technology Commission overseeing this part of our relations has done a tremendous job. Today's extension is a tribute to the successful and growing cooperation that we're already experiencing in this vital area. Now, let's move on to the second agreement, another interesting facet of early cooperation with China. And next, Premier Zhao and I will affix our signatures to an accord on industrial and technological cooperation. China is now engaged in a vast modernization program, and this agreement will encourage further cooperation between our countries, especially in those industrial sectors on which China has placed top priority. American know-how and investment should prove invaluable in these endeavors, and this accord will stimulate participation by our private sector in China. Premier Zhao, any business deal that makes sense is based on mutual benefit. By signing this document, we are helping ourselves by helping each other. That should be the basis of our friendship. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I've come away from my working sessions with Premier Zhao more convinced than ever the importance of good U.S.-China relations, and more determined than ever to ensure that our relationship is placed on a stable and enduring footing. Our talks covered a broad spectrum of global and bilateral issues. China is a leading nation on the international scene, and I appreciated hearing directly from the Premier on his views. It was clear during our discussions that China and the United States agree on a number of questions, and that the leaders of our two nations should come together regularly to compare notes. Even on matters of disagreement, the Premier and I were able to clarify our respective positions. Though our strategies sometimes converge and sometimes differ, our goals remain the same. We both are committed to peace and stability in the world so that we can concentrate our energies and resources on improving the well-being of our people. With respect to our bilateral relations, I think that Premier Zhao would agree that we've made considerable progress. Our economic cooperation, despite occasional problems, is healthy and holds enormous promise. Several months ago, we expanded the potential for the transfer of American technology to China. Our scientific and student exchanges are flourishing. Building on this positive trend are the two specific agreements that we signed here today. Our agreements are, and understandings underscore my conviction that a modern, economically developing, and politically stable China is in the best interest of all peace-loving peoples. This successful meeting set the stage for President and Mrs. Reagan to travel to China just three months later, near the end of April in 1984. When President Reagan arrived in China for a six-day visit, it was the third by a U.S. president since President Richard Nixon's breakthrough trip in 1972. Thank you for listening.
For more information on the Ronald Reagan Presidential Foundation and Institute, including information on how to become a member, information on upcoming exhibits at the Reagan Library, and more information on the legacy of President Reagan, please visit reaganfoundation.org. And don't forget to like and follow the Reagan Foundation on all social media platforms. Don't forget to subscribe to the Words to Live By podcast in your iTunes or Google Play stores and on other podcast platforms as they become available. New episodes of Words to Live By come out every Tuesday. Like what you hear? Check out our A Reagan Forum podcast featuring great speeches delivered at the Reagan Library. New episodes drop every Thursday. And don't forget to follow at Ronald Reagan on Facebook, at Ronald Reagan 40 on Twitter, and Reagan Foundation on YouTube. Also, search for us on SoundCloud and Stitcher.